Thank you. I think David and I should have compared notes because I think quite a lot of the things I'm going to say are kind of similar but perhaps come from a slightly different perspective. So when I looked at the statistics at the front of the report, all of the, the things that, um, that Anna mentioned, you know, about the 1,500 children that maybe uh, shouldn't die, I felt quite ashamed that I was part of a system that allowed that to happen. And I think some of the things that we've got to pull from this are what are we as individuals going to do? How are we going to take personal responsibility for making the change happen rather than thinking maybe this is something that somebody else needs to solve? It starts with us. We have to do it. We can't leave it to somebody else. And if we don't do something about it, we should really be truly ashamed. And that's, that's the perspective. And that, that's certainly what the report made me feel. So if we don't start to uh, do something about it... Uh, that carry that shame with us, I think, is, is the uh, thing to say. So I thought about three different things, really. Um, firstly, are the models of care fit for the future? Well, I have to say that um, maybe the things outlined in the report are, but from my perspective, they don't go far enough. We need to go further and we need to go faster if we're going to have any kind of fundamental impact on the system. David mentioned about uh, the focus on uh, quality and also the focus on measurement. I characterise it as an obsessive focus on the measurement of quality in a way that I don't think we've really done before as a healthcare system. It's about individual and organisational responsibility and accountability for the care that you deliver on a daily basis or the care that you enable within organisation. Are you taking responsibility for that? And can you say, am I proud of that care that I just delivered? Was that as good as it can be? And I think, again, it's shirking responsibility to say, it's a bit difficult. These things are wrong in my system. Did you do a good job today? And are you obsessive about ensuring that? Do we measure against appropriate international standards? Are we prepared to have that mirror held up to the work that we do? I guess I have to say something about the independent sector's uh, response to some of this uh, coming from the independent sector. There's a very good business reason why, uh, as an organisation, we have to do what we do the best that we can do it consistently because if we didn't we'd go out of business people would stop buying services from us now I should don't say that's a good motivator or the right motivator for delivering quality of care but it it really does sharpen your focus and what it does show you is it's perfectly possible to give consistently high quality care to patients listen to what they say listen to the staff ask them are they proud of what they do and if you do all of those things it certainly improves uh, the experience of patients Strong leadership and organisational culture is again something that David mentioned, um, that it's that challenge to staff always being prepared to have difficult conversations with them whenever and wherever necessary. Don't shy away from it. I can think of times in the past uh, as a nurse manager where I saw things where I wasn't completely happy but it felt quite difficult to challenge. That certainly isn't the case in the organisation I work in currently. Um, Full engagement of people in the planning and delivery of their care, that personal responsibility and accountability for what's going on. It underpins the delivery of care and treatment, that engagement, individuals taking responsibility for their own health. It's fundamentally important if we're going to have an affordable healthcare system. We need to be prepared to have adult-to-adult conversations about individuals' health and well-being. Be obsessive about eliminating smoking. You know, how, how many of you walk down the road and you see 18-year-olds, 16-year-olds smoking? You think, what's going on that our society allows that to happen? And what about all the fat people? Why do we think it's okay for people to be morbidly obese and smoke and do joint replacements on them? Are we all bonkers that that happens in our system and we think it's okay? 
And until we are prepared to have those really difficult conversations that don't breach people's human rights, but just say, this isn't okay, and deal with it, we're doomed, in my opinion. And if we don't get that right, some of the models of care will be irrelevant. We've just got to deal with fundamental issues about public health. It's about wellness and driving that public health agenda, and that's where we can make a really big difference. So how do the models of care need to change the future? Well, I mentioned uh, further and faster would be a good place to start. Uh, the intelligent use of technology to support the delivery care, I think, again, is another fundamental. Uh, one electronic record shared between health and social care, one assessment, one care plan, one set of communication tools. And until we start to get to grips with the fact that that is possible because they do it in other sectors, um, again, I think we're, we're missing the point. Of course, it all requires collaboration, respect between professional groups, and a recognition that we're actually all on the same side. Regardless of which professional group we're in, or which sector we come from, voluntary, public sector, or private, we're all trying to do a good thing here. The report advocates care closer to home, which was obviously music to my personal ears, because I think this, again, is fundamental to an affordable system. The evidence is clear. The evidence is of high quality and it's well understood. We don't need to do lots more pilots. We just need to get on with it and make it happen. The last question that I asked myself was what's needed to bring about the transformation in the delivery of health and social care? Well, I thought that three things really stand out. Probably the hardest thing of all is the cultural shift that's required to get all of the right people working together in the right way. Shifting inertia getting rid of some of the victim mentality that providers can tend to default to, and a living belief that we can have an affordable healthcare system free at the point of delivery, but it's the culture and getting people to believe in that again that I think is the toughest challenge, but the most important one to get right. That we've lost a bit of confidence that we can have that world-class healthcare system. We spend an awful lot of time beating ourselves up. Are we prepared to learn from each other and actually think this is going to happen? I think, I know this one is very difficult, but I think this combined health and social care budget has got to be a place where, where uh, we focus. The chunks of care where people fall between the cracks are completely unacceptable. We do a lot of work around getting people out of hospital much earlier than would otherwise have been possible. And um, we see people just drifting into no man's land in terms of who's going to look after them because people are more concerned about whether they need their in an injection or their feet washed or both and who's going to pay for which element that, you know, you, you do still think we've got it horribly wrong. So we need to somehow embrace that and make that happen. And again, this active encouragement of new providers, there's quite a lot in the report about having some challenge and having new providers doing different things. There's a perhaps a slightly unsavoury thing to talk about, but how all of that's uh, funded is important. If you believe that those uh, different providers should come in and act as a catalyst to make some of these changes happen, then creating a market and an investment environment that will encourage investors to see healthcare as a positive place to put their money and to put enough money in it to make it happen, then uh, we're going to be uh, in a difficult place because people aren't putting very much money into health currently. It's quite a difficult investment environment for them. So it makes smaller providers quite difficult for them to get going. So again, thinking about how we can um, encourage investment into healthcare is, is an important part. So for an independent sector provider, I think we have a big responsibility about delivering excellent programmes with the right outcomes that will give commissioners, whoever they may be, the confidence to drive the changes forward. We need to drive the innovation forward. <laughs>